Welcome to Calvary's small group curriculum for our eight-week fall teaching series, Calvary Next. This is the audio version of the video teaching for our small groups. Please go to calvarywestlake.org forward slash next to access the video, group discussion guide, and daily devotionals for each week. Now, here's session three. Session three, we're focusing on love for God's Word with Pastor Brian Howard and Dick Thompson, our pastor for seasoned adults. You know, as we turn to Acts chapter 17 and verse 10, we'll see these words. It says, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Verse 11 says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness. Now, this is a small passage, and yet I think it's a helpful passage for us to understand one of the core parts of our 2030 vision. One of the core sentences that we're building this vision around is that we would deliberately elevate our love for God's word. And I think this passage uh, of the Bereans here in Acts chapter 17 helps us understand what we mean by that. The first thing I want to point out is that they received this message with great eagerness. They received the message of Jesus. They received the word of God with eagerness. And one of the things that I love about what the Berean Jews do here is that they're not just thinking through intellectually the message of Jesus. They're receiving it with an eagerness, with an affection, and with emotion. See, what I want us to understand is that the point of Bible reading, the point of Bible engagement and knowledge is not just that we would have information, but also that we would have affection for the Word of God. Not just that we would know things in our mind, but that we would know it in our heart and have a deep sense of love for God's Word. Psalm 119.103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So that the psalmist is actually delighting in the words of his God, in the scripture itself. You know, one of the things we feel the tension of is, should I have an affection for God or an affection for his word? And the answer is actually both. I remember the first year my wife and I were dating, um, she studied abroad with Pepperdine University in Switzerland. And so for a year, we were distance dating. And as we did, we could email or text, but we decided from time to time to write letters to one another. And when I'd receive one of those letters, I would treasure it and I would read it over and over and over again, not merely for the information it contained, but because I love the person who who wrote it to me. And that's the kind of affection I want to have, not just for letters from my wife, but for the word of God itself, that I would see the words and treasure them because I know the one who wrote those words to me is someone I love and more importantly, someone who loves me. See, we're convinced of this, that if you have an affection for the word of God, it will keep you from slipping into a kind of legalism or a kind of dogmatism where you're so passionate about the text, but don't have any actual affection or love for God. See, listen, knowledge without affection quickly becomes legalism. And we wanna be clear that as we deliberately elevate our love for God's word, it's not that just we would have information about the text, but rather that we would have an affection for God's word. It goes on this way in verse 11. It says, these Berean Christians examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. And so I love this about the Bereans. They receive it eagerly. There's an excitement and a joy and affection and an emotion there. But then there's also a careful study of the word of God. They examine the scriptures daily to see if what Paul said was actually true according to the Bible. 
See, as much as knowledge without affection can lead to legalism, affection without knowledge can quickly become sentimentalism. It can quickly become us kind of having a feeling toward the text, but not really knowing what God has to say. Us enjoying certain Bible verses, but not knowing what the promise actually means to our lives today. We need to have both a knowledge and an affection. And if we want to enjoy reading the Bible, it's going to require study. I've said it this way, that Bible enjoyment requires Bible study. It requires us to think deeply about the Bible rather than just skim the surface of it. See, too many Christians approach the Bible in what I've always called the lucky flip, where they just kind of open it up each day to a random page and hope they'll find some little nugget or something helpful for the day. But I found that the lucky flip never really sustains us over the long haul. What sustains us is a careful and deliberate study of God's word where we deeply understand it. And here's the great thing. The more we understand the word, the more knowledge we have, the more our affection can grow with that. It's like if someone's trying to get in shape and they show up at the gym for the first time uh, and they see all these machines and free weights and cardio equipment and all these different things they could do. It's overwhelming and it's confusing and, and not particularly enjoyable for most people. But once you start to learn the gym, once you start to learn what the pieces of equipment do, once you start to understand how your body works and how you can progress in getting into shape, it actually becomes something that is enjoyable and fun. Where at once it was overwhelming and confusing, it actually becomes Become something you delight in. So while we want affection to be something we all have for the word of God, we know that affection will never really sustain unless we have knowledge. And it's that knowledge and affection together that we're really looking to create in our own hearts and in the life of our church as we deliberately elevate our love for God's word. I love how the psalmist says again in 119 verse 97, he says, oh, how I love your law. You see the affection there. There's this deep affection and love and emotional resonance with the text. But then he goes on to say, I meditated on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. So we saw the affection, but then we see the knowledge. He meditates on it. He has insight into the law. And I think it's combining these two things of Bible knowledge and Bible affection that will grow our love for God's word and in so do grow our love for God himself. I want you to see the very end of this short passage we're looking at in verse 12. It says, as a result, many of them believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and Greek men. So what's the result of them having this eagerness, this affection toward the word of God and this knowledge, this insight, this study of the word of God? When we see their love elevated for the word of God, what we immediately see is that people get saved, that people come to faith, people come to believe in Jesus. But the remarkable insight here is that it is not the Berean Jews who came to faith. It's not the Berean Jews who experienced the fruit of this Bible love and knowledge. You'll see here in verse 12, it's prominent Greek women and it's Greek men. In other words, because these Berean Jews had affection and knowledge, because they elevated their love for God's word, other people around them got saved. We can have an impact on the people around us. And that impact doesn't just happen because we know Bible things. It happens because the word of God actually has the power to change things. In Hebrews chapter four, some of you know this well, it says that the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. 
Meaning that there is power in the word of God, not only to change your own spiritual situation, not only to grow you more like Jesus, but to help the people around you, to help the people in your family, your neighbors, your friends, your colleagues, the people in our community come to know and love Jesus. So Brian, that was great. Thank, Thank you, you for that. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have a confession mm -hmm. that I have done the lucky flip on more than one occasion. <laughs> and so have either of you guys done that and really received from the Lord? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I have, and, and it's worked out great for me. I mean, I hate to say, but uh, it, it actually, it was right after I uh, had an encounter with Christ when mm -hmm. I was in uh, college, and my pastor found out about this and, and asked me to tell the story of that encounter with Christ uh, in two services on a Sunday morning. That's, I was in absolute panic, and the night before, mm -hmm. I was desperate. And I, I had learned when I was in the confirmation class, you take your Bible, you put your thumbs in the middle of the Bible and flip it open, it'll land in the Psalms. So I did that and I landed in Psalm 40, mm -hmm. right? And, and here's what Psalm 40 uh, gave me uh, that night. I do not conceal your love and your faithfulness from the great assembly. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I just, oh my goodness. And so that was the word I needed and that, and I got it done the next day. So I, yeah. I, that moment at work, I, I, I don't recommend it as long-term strategy, but right. it, uh, it, was, it was a moment. Yeah, I, similar. I, I remember being in middle school and I had some kind of middle school drama that we all have. Uh, and I remember flipping, doing a lucky flip. I missed the Psalms, yeah. but I landed in the Proverbs and there was yeah. a proverb that says, seek peace and pursue it. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was a really powerful powerful moment. But I think that stands out to me because it was so, um, so out of the ordinary, not right. the ordinary. And so yeah. I think the ordinary for me is just slowly working through parts mm -hmm. of the scripture. And so, yeah, I think right. we'd all resonate that there yeah. was some moment we did this, but maybe not the best long-term strategy. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah. Which yeah. is, I think just out of God's goodness and grace, yes. he yeah. meets us. Yeah. If we open he's up, person, right? he's going yeah. to meet yeah. us yeah. there. Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. I loved your yeah. emphasis on not just knowing the Bible, but yeah. developing an affection for it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Have there been a time in your lives where you, it was more of an obligation, maybe for a season, mm -hmm. where you, it felt more like a duty to read the Bible rather than yeah. an affection for it? Yeah. Um, and then what kind of helped you turn the corner and have it become a love? You know, I, I took up uh, the, the discipline of going reading the Bible every day, going through the Bible in a year. Mm -hmm. I, I started doing that some um, some years ago. And there are days where you're like, you're you're buried in Chronicles. Yep, yep. <laughs> and it's just like, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. I don't yeah. really want to know all these statistics. That's right, yeah. Any, or numbers. And, and who just, begat who. You just, and yeah, you just slog <laughs> yeah, through yeah. it. And, yeah. and I find, okay, I'm doing this because I know I just committed mm -hmm. to doing this. Yeah. I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. But I, over time, what I find is I, I, I stick with that, this larger narrative begins to take hold. And I just becoming, I've, I've experienced an increasing curiosity about mm. how this all goes together and becomes more and more fascinating. You know, so there's the motivation is also built into that experience, that yeah, discipline. That's good. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. I mean, I would even say it, it, it's not even that long ago that I've had seasons or moments where I read and it feels like, okay, I'm doing this and I know this is right and I know this is good. Because I think the affection I'm trying to talk about is over the long haul. Mm. I know there are certain days like you where I'm going, I'm doing this, I believe it's true, but it's not that I feel something in the moment. It's that there's almost something deeper where over the long haul, something is going, is something's going on in me. I've, I've compared it before to taking your vitamins. You take your yeah. vitamins in yeah. the morning and you don't feel better in the moment, but over the long haul, <coughs> presumably, yeah. something is happening with yeah. those vitamins yeah. that's bringing health to my body. And I think it's the same with our spirits when it comes to the word. Absolutely. And maybe that's the, the goal of it. Isn't so much that we're opening it up to get something out of it. Yeah, yeah Cause exactly. Because 
Let it become something we consume. That's right. But yeah. rather to eat of it because over the long haul, like nutrition, yeah. it yeah. kind of builds into us. Yeah, well, and I think it's similar to our relationship with our spouses. When I talk to my spouse, I'm not trying to get something out of her. It's well, just maybe. The, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but oftentimes what I'm trying to do is just listen to her talk. And, and the, the enjoyment isn't the information she's conveying. It's just being in her presence and listening. And if this truly is the word of God, there's something about reading it where I'm interacting with God in a very real way. Uh, and I think that's where we get away from just get more information into my mind and more interact with the spirit of God every time I do this. That would be easier when we're talking about the gospels yeah. or even some of the mm -hmm. epistles, right? Because yeah. if it sounds like we want to know Jesus. So the gospels yeah. are the easiest thing because mm -hmm. there's yeah. usually something sure. there for us and, and we love Jesus. But I think the objections that people have to read in the Bible is often to the Old Testament, the stuff sure. we don't understand. So let me run through some objections that people, yeah. um, you may have heard that we've heard about why someone who's a Christian, so someone who professes faith in the Bible, sure. um, but she chooses not to engage much. Yeah. Okay, so the first one is, I've tried reading the Bible and it is boring. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, well, uh, it's, I think that's coming uh, out of a kind of a consumer uh, mm. uh, attitude. I, I want something from it, yes. and, and which is really not paying attention to what the Bible is actually trying to offer us. I was thinking about this question uh, that the Bible is actually, we, we could say is a five-act play. Mm. And, and act one is creation. Act two is how this thing whole doesn't work. It all falls apart. What's wrong with us? Act three is God work in redemption through the story of Israel. Act four is the story of Jesus. And act five is the movement is now underway. And if we read the Bible that way, suddenly we discover while we're, we're hearing about this play, we discover that we're in it. This is no longer boring. Yeah. <laughs> this becomes a, a compelling story that is actually my story. Yeah. Well, and I think even your emphasis on story is so good because so many people see this book as like the Christian encyclopedia yeah, where you just go to get exactly. information about God. Right. And yes, encyclopedias are boring, but a story, <laughs> a narrative, what, the right. reason we'll sit and watch a three-hour right. movie is because it takes us through this narrative. Right. And what you're saying is once I start to see this as a narrative of the grand sweep of God in history, yeah. now it's not just this encyclopedia where I need to learn these facts about God, but rather I'm going to immerse myself in the story of what yeah. God's doing. Yeah, yeah so exactly. it kind of breathes life into yeah. it. Right. Okay, a second objection, we hear this a lot, <laughs> is that Bible is full of contradictions, yeah. inconsistencies. It's too hard to understand. Even Christians can't agree on it. I mean, yeah. there's tons of different churches that believe different things. Totally. So how would you respond to that person? And it's interesting to me, in every other area of our life, when something's <clears throat> confusing, we take the time to research it. Mm -hmm. Like the other day, I was having problems with my dishwasher, and I don't understand how yeah. dishwashers work. <laughs> but what did I do? I, I went to Google, and I typed, my dishwasher's not working, and I yeah. put in the make and the model, and I watched watched a video and I read mm. an article and I researched it and, and I researched it because it mattered to me. Mm. I, and I think we research things that matter to us. And so when people say the Bible is confusing, I'm, I'm the first to throw up my hand and yeah. say, amen. Yeah, it's confusing at times. But we live in an age where there are more resources than we could possibly okay. consume right. in our lifetime about this book. Yeah. Uh, and I think for all of us to say, if this matters to me, I'm going to spend the time researching it. Uh, and once I do, I think exactly like you said, then it's not little bits and pieces that seem to contradict, mm -hmm. but rather a cohesive thread that, that, that runs together. And it's really beautiful. Yeah, and, and it's to build on that. It's absolutely right. There's so many good resources out there right now that we have so much research and just great scholarship. And one of the things that I've, I've found really helpful to me is using the, the Bible Project. Yes. Uh, yes. The, yeah. the, these guys up in Oregon have done their homework. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's in video format, yep. really accessible, really helps. Yeah. 
under, helps us put things together that are hard to understand. Yeah. yeah, and actually the Bible Project is one of the links that is in your booklet, so you are welcome to use that, and I use that all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's super really helpful. Strong. And I think, too, perhaps we're okay with not understanding all of it. Totally. Like, I think at some point you kind of go, I can only understand this much, but I... I know and love this God yep. who made me and made the world. And so you mm -hmm. kind of go, okay, yep. I understand. I only see in part now yep. and it's okay. Yep. And you well, kind of have peace with it. One of my I favorite mean. Bible disciplines is to read through the text, find something I don't understand, maybe make a little note and just move on mm -hmm. and not feel mm -hmm. like, oh, I don't understand it. I'm a failure. I'm the worst. I'm so stupid. But just mm -hmm. to go, yeah. I don't get it. Someday I'll get it and to move on. And I think that's a discipline we can all put in place where we don't feel like we have to understand everything right now because Lord willing, I'll be reading the Bible 10 years from now, 20 yeah. years from now, and yeah. God will continue to enlighten me on what his text means. Which again, to take back to the relationship thing is, yeah. you know, however long you've been married, you're still learning your spouse. You're still discovering. You're Amen. still going, oh, you think that way, you know, yeah. and you're still doing that. You never fully get it. You just continue to learn and be in relationship. Right. Relationship always involves learning. And in fact, the marriages where people stop caring about learning more are the ones that are in trouble. Right. And so I think for all of us who have been studying the Bible for a while to say, okay, I never want to get to a place where I think I've got this, rather yeah. to say I'm a student, I'm still learning. And the other, and the other, and the other absolutely, I agree with that. The other thing that's going on is I keep changing. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. You know, I'm going through my life and, and I, I now I'm bringing new questions. These questions that I had before I thought were answered, now I have new questions. Yes. Sure. And, and, and scripture just keeps engaging me. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, as I read the Bible, I, I discover a time that's actually reading me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Third objection that the Bible is full of violence, injustice, prejudice, and is primitive in its understanding of the world. It's anti-science, it's sexist, yeah. it's race, all the things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how can we love a book that has all of that contained in here? Yeah. Well, the Bible is written about the real world. <clears throat> Imagine a Bible that has no war, no tears, no pain, no heartache, no betrayal, none of the messy stuff we all go with we wouldn't connect to such a book because totally. that's right. not the real world right. we live in right. where right. there is war and heartache and racism and sexism and all of the things that break our hearts and break the heart of God. And so what we see in the Bible is not some fantasy world. It's the real world. And that's what Amen. actually makes it so beautiful. Right. And encouraging. Yeah. 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 Other objections? Um, that you guys have heard that I didn't say? Uh, you know, the big objection I hear all the time is I don't have time to read the Bible. Ah. And yet I think we make time for things that matter to us. And to even carve out 10 minutes of your day to read the Bible, mm -hmm. I don't think is actually that big of a time commitment given all the other things we spend mm -hmm. time on. Uh, and I think that 10 minutes might be worth more than any other thing we do in a given day. Mm -hmm. Um, you talked in your teaching, Brian, about um, how we can engage with God's Word, both knowledge and affection, yeah. and you talked about meditation as yeah. a practice. I was wondering if there are some other practices, um, or you can even unpack the meditation one, that would be helpful for us um, as we practice engaging with God's Word and developing yeah. love for it. I got a little story uh, that I want to share here that may get to this. Uh, and so one day, this is when I was a kid, uh, the Catholic kid down the street gave me a pocket New Testament. Mm -hmm. I took it home and threw it in my sock drawer. And it sat there for years. And I, later on in a rainy day, on a, well, I was so bored, I went into my, it was going through my sock drawer and I found this New Testament, sat down in front of my little space heater in my room and opened it up to page one, which is Matthew. Mm -hmm. And I read the entire gospel of Matthew in one sitting. Wow. And I'd never done that before. Wow. And by, and by the time, I, this absolutely surprised me. When I got to the last verse of Matthew's gospel, it's Jesus saying, and I am with you always, mm -hmm. even to the end of the age. That's right. That's right. And when I read that, I just started weeping. Mm -hmm. And I went out to the kitchen and my mom said, what's, what's with you? And I said, I'm just hungry. I went yeah. right into the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> but, the, but that read a whole work. 
is yeah. the, what, the upshot yep. is read a whole work, not just a few verses, read a whole work, read Matthew yeah. in one sitting and let, because when Matthew wrote that, he meant for you to have that encounter mm. with Christ. Yeah, that's right. Allow him to, allow the scripture to talk to you. Yeah. The that's metaphor right. I've used before is uh, burrito versus fine chocolate. Reading the whole thing, <laughs> right? When you read a whole work, it's like eating a burrito. You don't look for every little <laughs> note. It. You just try to get as much as you can yeah. in. But when I eat fine chocolate, I'm not trying to get as much as I can in. I'm trying to let it sit on my mouth. I'm trying to like really enjoy right. every little part. And sometimes I'll do that with a verse. So I'll look at a verse, it, yeah. be still and know that I am God. Yeah. And just meditate on that for 15, 20 minutes. Yeah and allow that verse to yep. really overwhelm me. Or Jesus says, take heart, I have overcome the world, right? To really sit and meditate on yeah, that. And so I think yeah. both good. are good. And for the person who always reads big chunks, they probably need to meditate on a verse. Right. And for the person who's always meditating on verses, they probably need to read big chunks. So right. I think the best advice is whatever you're not doing, try the other way yeah. uh, and see what happens with that. Yeah, I love it. I know that the Holy Spirit is helping us and guiding us and speaking to us um, in and through the Bible. And so we know that we are not alone in yeah. that process. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. Please go to calvarywestlake.org forward slash next to access additional resources.